0: to let the voice and sing that one more time.
1: He's my comfort. Yes, he is. you're glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight, would you stand and give him a big hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. I am thankful tonight to be a recipient of the salvation that God has offered to each and every one of us tonight. Amen. We're blessed beyond a measure. Amen. And I've come tonight just to lift up our Lord and Savior. There's already a wonderful presence of the Lord. In this house tonight let's just sing let's magnify let's worship god amen where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty liberty for healing liberty for blessings whatever you have need of tonight let's worship the lord together
2: for all that he does for all that he's done he's a great God
3: of God, hallelujah, it's so good to see everyone here this evening, if we have any visitors here, we thank you so much for coming out tonight, you know, we always view Wednesday night services as kind of like the oasis in the desert, it's that place that we can come to while we're on our journey, that we can get our rest, we can get nourishment, and there's no place that I would rather be. Hallelujah. Good to see Brother Doug. Hallelujah. Well, we just want to make mention of one thing here, and this ought to just set a fire in your soul. On Sunday, we prayed for a lady, Erica Babcock. She just had a baby She slipped into a coma Her liver was failing I believe her kidneys were failing And it didn't look good Well, by all intents and purposes And if our account is correct She's at home today
0: You can't convince me That prayer does not work You can't convince me That calling out on the name of Jesus Does not work I'm here to tell you there's no, no greater thing for your soul. There's no greater thing, no greater process that you can go through to get your healing than to call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, we thank
3: you. Thank you for your healing power. Hallelujah. We're going to go to God in prayer. We want the church to remember Sister Barfield. She went today to go. Excuse me check out getting surgery I believe on her leg brother is that correct okay she decided not to have that done so she needs our prayers uh, we know God is a miracle worker and he can do anything and so we're going to pray for sister Barfield tonight we want to lift sister to kneel up in prayer she had uh, surgery the other day and she's recovering and so we want to make sure that we lift her up in prayer Sister Boyd is going to come, and she's going to stand in for her sister tonight. She is in need of a miracle. Her sister is in need of a miracle in her body, and so she's going to stand in for her. And of course, we need to continue to remember Sister Samantha, and she needs a miracle. Sister Stephanie, she needs a healing and a miracle in her body, too. And I know that there's a multitude of needs here today. I know everyone probably has someone or something that you need prayer about. And so if you have a prayer request and you would like for someone to come or you'd like the ministry to lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith, then slip out of your pew right now and come on down. And the ministry will lay hands on you and we will watch God work on your behalf. And so collectively, why don't we just stretch our hands right now towards Sister Boyd here. And let's go and start in prayer for her sister in the name of Jesus. And also don't remember or don't forget to remember the people on the screen tonight in the powerful name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, lift your hands this way. Lift your voices and let's go to God in prayer. My God, right now in the name of Jesus we ask you that you would touch sister boyd's sister right now in jesus name we ask you god
0: that you would heal her body lord jesus you are the author and finisher of our faith god hallelujah jesus and we know that you have it all in the palm of your hands god we ask you to touch her sister god and we ask you to heal her body take her through this place that she's in this season that she's in god Let it be a testimony of your power, your glory, your goodness, and your magnificence, Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to touch Sister Barfield tonight. God, help her heal her body. God, we pray right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, everybody, let's pray in the name of Jesus. God, such sister, Danielle, God, right now, as she recovers from her surgery, God, we pray that you would heal her. God, we pray that you would give her a quick recovery in the name of Jesus. A speedy recovery in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Touch sister, Samantha, God, we ask for a miracle for her, God. We believe Hallelujah. God, we ask you to touch Sister Stephanie, Lord, right now. Heal her body, we ask in Jesus' name. Raise her, up, God.
2: God a great big hand clap of praise here tonight hallelujah oh no place I'd rather be I'd rather be here than in the best restaurant in town hallelujah I'd rather be here than on the best cruise that the world has to offer hallelujah amen I'd rather be right here in the house of God with some good folks tonight amen some down-to-earth good folks that just love God hallelujah Amen. Thank you for coming tonight. Turn around and give somebody a big high five or thumbs up or just let somebody know how glad how glad you are to see them here tonight. Praise God. In the house of God. Hallelujah. In the house of God tonight. Praise God. Brother O, you're going to take the young folks back tonight. All right. So the young folks are going to go back tonight to, uh, youth, to the youth center room. Amen. They're going to. Amen. Uh, Have a Bible study or something back there. Praise God. Learn something about the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what coming to church is all about, ain't it? Learning something about God. Learning something about the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. What a mighty God He is. What a mighty God He is. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you got your Bibles tonight, let's turn to Luke chapter 15 in, in here tonight. Turn to Luke, Luke chapter 15. And uh, I hesitate to even go down this route tonight, but I can't get away from it for whatever reason. Hallelujah. I don't even know if what I'm going to do here tonight is considered preaching. Hallelujah. Or, uh, amen, just telling you a story. Amen. an experience that... I went through, hallelujah, that might relate to you some way or another, amen, you might have a similar experience with the Word of God, hallelujah, you know, the Word of God is a spiritual book, amen, and whenever we read it with carnal minds, we always, you know, we always mess up, (laughs) we always don't, well, I'm not going to say we mess up, but we, we don't see it quite the way God wants us to see it. Hallelujah. And uh, even when we are praying and uh, crying out and seeking God for more understanding, which is something that we need to do, the Bible says in all of our getting, we need to get some understanding, right? Hallelujah. So we endeavor or have endeavored ever since we got in church. uh, In 1979, we've endeavored to study the Word of God. We've endeavored to try to understand the Word of God. Hallelujah. And there's certain portions of the Word of God that's just, you know, just seemingly plain and clear. And then there's other portions of the Word of God that's not quite so clear. Hallelujah. So you have to pray and read it, amen, and study it, and amen, and just hope and pray that you're seeing what God wants you to see. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. You can be seated tonight. I'm going to read through verse 10 here tonight, though. But then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver if she lose one piece doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me. Somebody say, Rejoice with me. For I have found the peace which I have lost. Likewise, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. There was joy in the presence of heaven. Amen. Amen. In the first parable, at the end of the first parable, at the end of the second parable, he said, I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner, one sinner that repenteth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, these, these ten verses of Scripture, amen, deal with two parables about something that was lost. Hallelujah. Both parables deal with something that was lost. Hallelujah. The first parable is about a shepherd. With 100 sheep, the shepherd has 100 sheep, hallelujah, and one of his sheep gets lost. Praise God. So he leaves the 99 and goes to find that one sheep, hallelujah. When he finds him, he brings him home, and when he gets him home, he calls all of his friends, neighbors together, amen, and they rejoice over the one lost sheep that has been found. Remember this, that sheep was lost in the field. That sheep was lost in the field. Praise God. Now, uh, probably most of us have been around church long enough that we have heard, we have heard the story preached. Amen. That when a shepherd had a rogue sheep. Hallelujah. When a shepherd had a rogue sheep that wouldn't stay with the flock. Amen, when he leaves the night and night and he goes out and finds, uh, to find that one lost sheep, when he finds him, amen, he breaks his leg and then he tends to him until that sheep is well. Praise God. Amen, and then we are told that he does that so that the sheep can learn not to run off. Hallelujah. Remember that. Remember that story. Hallelujah. Amen. I I heard that story years ago. Amen. Possibly I may have even preached it myself. I don't know. Hallelujah. The shepherd goes, finds his little sheep and breaks his leg. Then takes care of him, praise God, so that he can learn the lesson he can't run off. Amen. Remember that story. I've never been convinced, not fully convinced, amen, that the shepherd breaks the legs of his sheep. Hallelujah. I've never, you know, I've heard the story. It it is a wonderful story. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful story. The shepherd goes, finds the sheep, breaks his leg. Amen. And then tends to him until he recovers. Praise God. Beautiful story. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and you know, we've all seen the picture of, of Jesus with the little sheep on his shoulder. Amen. We've all seen the picture hanging up somewhere. Possibly there may be a picture hanging in your house. Amen, of Jesus with a little sheep, a little lamb. Amen, on his shoulder. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, uh, if he breaks the little sheep's leg, then that's the only way that the little sheep is going to get around, right? He's going to have to be carried on the shoulder of the shepherd. If he breaks his leg, amen, the shepherd's got to carry him, right? Hallelujah. Amen. But... Here's, here's the mystery, or <laughs> right, here's a little bit of the mystery of, of this story to me, praise God, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm very analytical. I ask a lot of questions when I'm studying and praying, and amen, I'm trying to analyze stuff, hallelujah, in the real world, amen. I'm trying to take the Word of God and transfer it to the real world, amen, and try to analyze it in the real world scenario that we live in today, praise God. Hallelujah. So the the shepherd loses one sheep. He goes and finds the one sheep. He breaks his leg. He carries it on his shoulder until this little sheep is able to walk again. But he learns a lesson, not, amen, to run away from the flock again. Praise God. Hallelujah. So here's my real-world analogy. What if the sheep or what if the shepherd with a hundred sheep Shepherd with a hundred sheep now. What if he's got two or three or four or five rogue little sheep? And instead of just going out and find one little sheep and breaking his leg and carrying him back, what if he's got four or five little rogue sheep? And they're all out there not staying with the flock the way that they're supposed to stay with the flock. Does the shepherd go out there and break the legs of all five sheep and then throws them somehow all on his shoulders and comes back to town with five sheep with broken legs, amen, trying to teach them all a lesson, amen. You're not supposed to be leaving the flock. You're supposed to stay with me wherever I go. Hallelujah. Amen. Is He going to break all of their legs? And if He does break all of their legs, how is He going to carry them all at the same time? Especially if they're all out there running around together somewhere where they're not supposed to be. Come on now. I told you all this may not even be considered preaching tonight. Hallelujah. The next parable is about a woman who has ten pieces of silver And if she loses one, and she loses one piece, amen, the Bible says she'll light a candle, she'll sweep the house until she finds that coin, that piece of silver, right? Amen. When she finds the silver coin, amen, she calls all of her friends and her neighbors and asks them to come over and rejoice with her because she found the one piece that was lost. Both of these parables end the same way. Something is found that was lost. Both parables end the same way. Hallelujah. There's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. At the end of the second parable, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that that repenteth. Hallelujah. Amen. The conclusion, amen, of both of these parables has nothing to do with the parable. There's neither one of these parables that say anything about a sinner. (laughs) But both parables conclude with there's joy in heaven. There's joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner that repenteth. Hallelujah. Neither parable said anything remotely about a sinner, right? A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a truth. I know you knew that. I just reminded you. A parable is a a story that illustrates uh, some spiritual thing or some spiritual truth to us, right? Hallelujah. Now, hang on with me through this. I have a confession to make. This parable dealt me a fit for a long time. These parables, amen, in Luke chapter 15, dealt me a fit for a long time, Brother Barfield. Hallelujah. When I first got in church and first started reading the Word of God, amen, I read Luke chapter 15, amen, somehow thinking, amen, that Luke chapter 15 was some kind of a, a, a guideline, amen, on soul winning. I, that's really what I thought. I'm reading, I'm reading a guideline on soul winning. Because each parable ended with a lost sinner repenting. (laughs) So this has got to be a guideline on soul winning. Hallelujah. There's actually a third parable in Luke chapter 15. Amen. About the prodigal son. And that parable as well ends the same way as the others. Amen. It ends up in a positive note. Hallelujah. Amen. The prodigal son is found. The prodigal son comes home again. Right? Right? positive results from all three of these parables in Luke chapter 15. The lost sheep is found. The lost corn is found. The prodigal son makes his way back home. Hallelujah. So I'm seeing the end results of all of these parables, and I'm thinking somehow this has got to be a guideline for soul winning. Hallelujah. And I'm studying it, trying to understand the parables. Hallelujah. So I'm thinking it means... I'm I'm sitting there trying to think how this could apply to me as a shepherd. So I'm thinking it means that when a shepherd or a pastor loses a saint of God out of his church, amen, he simply goes out and finds that wayward saint and brings him back home. That's what the first parable said. Amen. The shepherd that lost his sheep, he left the 99. He simply went out until he found it, found the sheep, brought it back home. Amen. Hallelujah. It's up to you whether you believe the broke leg, amen, story or not. It doesn't matter to me. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know if Jesus breaks the legs of his saints. Huh? So I'm thinking, all right. Pastor loses the saint of God out of his church. He just simply goes and finds him and brings him back to church. But I could never connect the dots about breaking his legs and carrying them on my shoulders. Hallelujah. Can I say tonight, uh, y'all might have quiet on me. I guess I'm you know, out there in la-la land by myself. Hallelujah. I'm thinking about it as a pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. God, do you want me to go out there and break their leg and throw them on my shoulder and drag them back to church? I mean, how am I supposed to do this? Amen. This is supposed to be some kind of example, amen, of a shepherd taking care of his sheep. Hallelujah. Well, I'm sure that if I showed up at your house, amen, and started trying to break your leg, you'd probably break my head before I ever got your leg broke, right? I never could connect the, uh, connect the dots. And, and after 39 years of pastoring, boy, hey amen, I sure do wish it was as easy as going out and finding folks and just simply bringing them back to the house of God. I wish it was that easy. Hey amen, I'm telling you tonight, it would be wonderful if it was that easy just to go out and find that wayward saint of God, Hey man, whether it's in their house or on a bar stool somewhere, hey man, just grab them around the neck and bring them back to the house of God wouldn't. Hey man, wouldn't my job be easy? Hallelujah. But sheep are animals that can be thrown over the shoulder and hauled back to the fold. But people have a mind of their own. People have a mind of their own, a will of their own. They have the capability of making their own choices and making up their own mind. Hallelujah. People are not animals. They choose who they want to follow. They choose the path that they want to walk down in life, right? Amen. A shepherd can't just throw people over his shoulder and bring them back against their will. Because if he did that, by the time he got them back to the church, he would have been beat to a pulp. I don't like being beat to a pulp. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So, And no pun intended, but I couldn't care some of y'all if my life depended on it. I might get you over my shoulder and stand up with you, but after about two or three steps, I'd have to set you down. Say, hey, buddy, you're on your own. you got to get to church back to church by yourself. I can't carry you back to church, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But I didn't get it. I, I didn't become a shepherd. I didn't become a pastor. I had, I really didn't have no choice in becoming a pastor. Hallelujah. God put the calling on me. It wouldn't let me get away from it. So I had to, amen, finally just, amen, be willing to, amen, to do what God called me to do. Praise God. But I did not become a pastor to lose sheep. Just like that shepherd out there in those, on those hills and in those valleys around Jerusalem Amen. They, they're not out there taking care of sheep to lose the sheep. That's not their intention. Amen. It's not a pastor's intention today. Amen. To lose sheep. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I, I want to I tell you this. We don't, we don't just let people go without making an effort, amen, to call them and talk to them and find out what their reason of leaving is. Hallelujah. You don't, don't ever just let somebody disappear out of the house of God without making a phone call and say, Come on. You know, well, hey, we've been missing you in church. What's going on here? Hallelujah. And trying to have a conversation with them and, Amen. Try to give them some counseling. Praise God. And, Amen. Let them know that they're missed in the house of God. And we sure would love to, Amen. See them back in the house of God. Hallelujah. It's not easy to lose people, Amen, that you've poured yourself into for years. It's not easy to lose, lose people. Hallelujah. Today, amen. Today, this day in time, most everybody that leaves the church, they leave it without even an explanation of why they're leaving it. It's like they leave and they leave it up to you to try to figure out it, figure it out on your own while they left the house of God. Hallelujah, amen, and my wife and I, amen, we spent a lot of sleepless nights, hallelujah, trying, amen, to lay there in the bed to get some sleep, but over and over and over in our head, amen, we're trying to figure what, I, what did we do wrong, amen, what happened, what, amen, took place that caused these people to walk away, amen, from the house of God, hallelujah, amen, and most of the time we can't come up with an answer. Hallelujah. And then when you ask them, say, call them and say, can I come to your house? Can I talk to you? Can we talk together? Can we work this out? Can we, amen, get you, you know, try to figure out what we need to do better? What can we do better? Hallelujah. You know, where did we let you down? How, You know, what mistakes did we make? Hallelujah. Did somebody in the church hurt your feelings? Just trying to get down to the nitty-gritty of why they leave. Amen. And then so often we get the comment, no, don't come. We don't want to talk about it. Hallelujah. Man, I sure do wish it was as easy as just going and getting them and throwing them over my shoulder and bringing them back to church. I wish it was easy for the spiritual, as, as easy for the spiritual shepherds as it is for the natural shepherds. Hallelujah. Come on now. I wish it was that easy. Amen. Back in the day, back in the day. Now, I'm not going to be up here very long tonight. Hallelujah! But back in the day, amen, when I got in church, hallelujah, amen, it was preached to us over and over and over again, hallelujah, we were told by the man of God, amen, that you will never survive as a Christian, amen, just going around visiting other churches. Amen just just hopping from one church to the next church to the next church to the next church. Amen. They drilled it into us. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll never survive in the kingdom of God. You'll never survive as a Amen as a Christian just jumping around from church to church to church. Hallelujah. I was told that I had to have a home church. I was told that I had to have a pastor. Amen. Uh, who would hold me accountable to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And back then, amen, Psalms chapter 1 was preached, amen, very often from the pulpit. Hallelujah. And they used Psalms chapter 1, amen, to let us know, hallelujah, that we just couldn't be drifters. We couldn't just drift around. Hallelujah. Well, the screen's off here tonight. I'll turn to, all right, all right, it's on this screen. All right. Hallelujah, let's read it. This is what they preach to us. Amen, this is what we need to be preaching today, right? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Listen to the next verse. Hallelujah, what's going to happen to this man? What's going to happen to that man that delights in the Word of God, that studies the Word of God, that, amen, invests his time in the Word of God? Hallelujah. The Bible says he shall be like a tree planted. Somebody say planted. God, go back to the other verse. I wasn't quite done with that one yet. Amen. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Hallelujah. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly perish. They preach that to us. Over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Amen. And they told us, hallelujah, amen, that you need to find a church and you need to get planted in that church. Amen. You need to get some roots in that church amen, because when you get planted and your roots go down deep, amen, and you're planted by that, that stream of water, hallelujah, amen, you're going to bear fruit. Your leaf, your leaf is not going to wither, amen, and whatsoever you do, it, it's going to prosper, hallelujah. Well, that kind of rung a bell with me. I wanted to bear fruit. I, wanted, I didn't want to wither away. Amen. I wanted to bear fruit. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want that whatever I touched would prosper. Amen. So I got in church. I I got planted in church. I had roots in church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And God began to bless us. Hallelujah. And then I wrestled with the second parable. How does an inanimate object or something that don't move on its own how does something that don't move on its own get lost? Well, number one, it can't get lost by itself. Huh? Amen. That that corn didn't jump out of the Amen. Out of the treasure box, or that corn didn't jump off of the shelf where it was hid, or Amen, hallelujah. So the, the corn didn't get lost by itself. The only moving object in the house in the parable was the woman. So I don't know if she was counting her money, amen, and dropped one by accident. I don't know, amen, if she was moving the 10 silver coins, uh, amen, from one location to another location. Maybe a safer location. And in the process of moving the coins from one place to another, she dropped one of them. Praise God. In the house. Remember, the sheep was lost in the field. The corn was lost in the house. And then I reasoned and trying to apply these scriptures to me and us and today. I, I began to reason. And I thought, oh, Lord, can I lose people in the house of God by mishandling them? I said, oh, God. Don't let me, don't let me mishandle people. Don't let me be, don't let me abuse people. Don't let me be abusive. I've seen a lot of abusive ministers and a lot of abusive pastors, and I, amen, and when I thought about it, I said, God, don't, don't let me mishandle people. Praise God. That's, hallelujah. You've been put in my care. Praise God. Uh, uh, you know, and I said, oh, Lord, uh, can I lose people in the house of God by mishandling them or by simply trying, amen, to move them along to a safer place? Now, my, my little peanut brain may be the only one that works this way. But I'm trying to figure this thing out. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15. Amen. It's got to be some kind of guideline for soul winning and all these parables. That, Amen. Hey man, I'm just not, I'm not getting it. I'm not figuring it out. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, hallelujah, when I ask God that question, God, can I lose people by just mishandling them? Or can I lose people by just simply trying to move them to a safer place? I want to say that God didn't answer that question. He didn't answer my question. (laughs) And that was a question. That was a question I wanted answered, but God didn't answer my question. Amen. So I purposed in myself... When God didn't answer my question, I purposed in myself to get what I could out of the parable and I made up my mind, hallelujah, amen, that I said, God, I will always light a candle in the house of God, amen, I will always try to sweep, amen, the congregation, hallelujah, amen, with the word of God so that if I have lost somebody, I can find them. Amen, with the light of the glorious gospel. Amen, or by just simply sweeping, amen, the congregation. Hallelujah, with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. so that's what I purposed, and I've tried to live up to that purpose. I'm not going to say that I've always lived up to it. Amen. But I've always tried. Amen. I always try. Hallelujah. To preach the word of God in such a way that if anybody's there and they're on the verge of backsliding or they're on the verge of being lost, hallelujah, then, amen, they can have an opportunity to find God. And then if somebody was lost in the house, I reason that I will know that I've done my job. Amen. When they get up out of their pew and they come down to the altar and they pray and they seek God's face. I know I've done my job. I reason. Hallelujah. When I sweep the house with the word of God, when somebody gets up out of their pew at the end of the service and comes and prays. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they come and pray and they get renewed in the Holy Ghost or they get revived in God, they get, amen, the strength that they need, amen, to survive, then we can all rejoice together with that one, right? Hallelujah. Call your friend. Call your neighbor. Come on. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Something that was lost has been found. Someone that was lost, amen, has been found. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, but wouldn't it be easy if we could just bring a broom in here and sweep the house of God and find all the hidden sinners? Man, wouldn't my job be easy? If I could just bring a big old broom in here, amen, just go through the house of God, sweep in the house of God and somehow in the process discover the the hidden sinners in the house or those that are lost in the house. Like that coin was lost in the house. The sheep was lost in the field. The coin was lost in the house. Hallelujah. Now, I've tried many times on construction sites through the years to have a, and, and I hope this is not offensive to anybody, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not intending it to be that way, but I've tried oh, many, oh, many times in a construction site to have a conversation with some Mexican folks. Amen. And when they didn't want to talk to me, they would say to me, we no speaking no English. Me no speak. me no, I'm thinking, you're speaking English now, dude. Me no speaking no English. Like, go on and talk to somebody else. <laughs> I don't answer your question. I don't have a comment. Me ain't no speaking no English. So I tried that on God. I said, God, concerning his parables, I said, Lord, you know, speaking no English to me. Huh. You know, I feel if, if they could use it, I could use it. Lord, you know, speaking no English to me. I said, people are not animals. And people are not coins. What's all these parables supposed to mean to me? <laughs> and when I get through with this, it's gonna be so simple. You're gonna say, what do you go through all that for? He simply said to me, Read it again. I said, God, <laughs> I didn't read this parable. Fifty times trying to figure it out. I don't read his parable. I, can, I know the parable front to back, back to front. I know what it says. He said, read it again. So, I got to verse 1 and I said, okay, there's publicans and sinners being drawn unto him to hear him. But there is a religious crowd standing around that they see these publicans and sinners being drawn unto Jesus. Verse 2. The religious crowd shows up murmuring about him talking to the sinners and eating with the sinners. Am I on target Is that what your your Bible's talking about? Amen. First verse, publicans and sinners were being drawn unto Jesus. He was sitting with them. He was eating with them. The religious crowd comes along, starts murmuring, you know, and and, and throwing their lingo at him. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the religious crowd shows up, murmuring about him talking to sinners and eating with sinners. Then verse 3 says, and he spake this parable unto them. And when I read verse 3, after I'd already read it over and over and over and over again, I said, lo and behold. There's the answer to my question. He wasn't speaking these parables to me as a guideline for soul winning. He was speaking these parables to the religious crowd. So he never intended for me to learn how to be a soul winner by reading these parables. Now, I can learn something, and I'm going to say something about it in just a little bit. There's something very important to learn through all these parables that you and I need to learn, but it's not a guideline for soul winning. Hallelujah. I tell you, amen, your family ain't going to want you to witness to them, amen, when you start trying to break their leg and drag them to church. They ain't not going to think very highly of you. You... Amen. You get them in the headlock, throw them on the ground, start trying to break that leg, drag them to church. They ain't going to like you at all. They ain't never going to come to church. (laughs) Bingo, the answer. He spoke this parable to them. Amen. I threw up my hands and I said, how did I miss that before? Look at Luke chapter 16 and verse 1. Luke chapter 16 and verse 1 says, and he said also unto his disciples, so in Luke chapter 16, he's talking to his disciples again. Look at Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. Then he said unto his disciples, it is impossible, and you see the rest of the scripture there, Luke 16 and Luke 17, he's talking back to his disciples. Luke chapter 15, he's talking to a religious crowd, amen, trying to get a message across, amen, and through to their hard heads. It's not a chapter and a guideline for soul winning. So Luke 16, Luke 17, and there's a lot of other chapters in the Word of God He's talking to His disciples. Luke chapter 15, He spake this parable to them, the religious crowd. And the whole purpose of the parables in Luke chapter 15 is to make it perfectly clear amen, to the religious uh, crowd, amen, that his purpose of coming to this earth, uh, amen, was to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. And he used a parable to let it be known. Hallelujah. The lost sheep was found. The lost corn was found. The prodigal son came home. So his message to the religious crowd is, amen, my purpose of coming, was to save that which was lost. Amen. The Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. We've got three parables in Luke chapter 15, and in every one of those parables, something lost was found. Hallelujah. He establishes his purpose through the very outcome, or the very, yeah, the very outcome of every parable. The lost sheep is found, the lost corn is found, the lost prodigal son found his way home. Now, I don't know why I had to struggle with that stuff for so long, but I did. And I'm being honest. I probably don't need to be that transparent, but I did. (laughs) Amen. But there are many other scriptures that confirm to us why Jesus came. There's many other scriptures that confirm to us, hallelujah, exactly what he was trying to get that religious crowd to see in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says, For the Son of Man is, to, is come, amen, to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. Mark chapter 2 and verse 17 says, When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician. But they that are sick, I came not, amen, to call the righteous, amen, but sinners to repentance. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Hallelujah. So Jesus didn't come to call called the righteous he came to save the sinners hallelujah and then he makes it clear to us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 that there is none righteous no not one what is he telling us and what is the word of God telling us hallelujah amen that you and I need a savior that you and I amen need amen the blood that was shed on Calvin's cross hallelujah to be applied to us to save us Oh, come on. They got my clock cut off. I don't know what time it is here. Hallelujah. So let me just say a little bit more about that. There's none righteous, no, not one. Hallelujah. The only righteousness that we can boast in is His. Hallelujah. And the only righteousness we can claim, amen, is when we are standing upright in His righteousness. We have no access to righteousness righteousness in and of ourselves. No, not none. No, not one. In John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, amen, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world. You know what he's talking about? But that the world. He's, he's not trying to save his planet. But the sinners in the world, the sinners that are in the world, but the world, amen, amen, uh, but that the world through him might be saved. Why did he come? He come to save sinners. Hallelujah. What was the end of all of the parables? Luke chapter 15. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything that had been lost was all of a sudden found. yeah, sometimes we get tripped up on some scriptures. or I do, maybe you don't. maybe you understand everything you read loud and clear. ha <laughs> ha full power to you. Maybe I can get there one day. Man, sometimes the scriptures just... I, I know there's something there I need to see, but it's hidden. Hallelujah, I want to see it, I want to see it, I want to see it. And God's wanting to know how bad I'm going to see it, how, how much I'm going to apply myself. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, been study and praying about scriptures, praise God. Yeah, sometimes we do get tripped up on some scriptures. But when the same message is repeated over and over again, the message gets clearer and clearer and clearer to us as that message is repeated over and over and over again. The message is clear tonight. The message is clear tonight. I doubt very seriously. In fact, I know for a fact that the religious, the religious crowd that was there that day, amen, they left there not understanding, amen, anything that Jesus told them. Amen. They didn't, they didn't grasp the concept. Hallelujah. They didn't understand the purpose. Hallelujah. They're simply trying to tell them, my purpose is to save sinners. Hallelujah. So the message is clear tonight. He came and he died on that old rugged cross to save sinners. Listen, when you are a sinner or were a sinner, like I was a sinner, and you get to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ be preached to you, amen, and you get, to, you get offered To you, amen, from the pulpit, amen, by a man of God that cares for you and loves you, hallelujah. When that man of God, amen, stands up and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen, and you hear about the promise of the Holy Ghost, amen, that is given to all of those that will repent and be baptized in water in Jesus' name. Amen, when you hear it and you grasp it, amen, and you obey it and you actually receive, amen, the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter to you what the religious world says. It doesn't matter what the religious world says today, hallelujah. Oh, they tell us today, amen, you and I can't have the Holy Ghost. They came too late to tell me that. huh? Amen, they're just a little bit late, hallelujah. A day late, a dollar short telling me I can't have the Holy Ghost because I got it. I got it in April of 1979, I got it. Hallelujah, Jesus, still got it tonight. Amen. It doesn't matter what, what the religious world says. Amen, they tell us the Holy Ghost is just for the apostles. But the Bible says there were about 120 people in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. And when the Holy Ghost fell, they all... Somebody say, all? That means everybody in the room. They all received. They all received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That means every man and woman in the house got it. And then He promises it to us. Hallelujah. He says the promise is unto you and your children and as many as far, off, as far off as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, from Calvary, amen, or the outpouring of the Holy Ghost till today. That was a long way off. From the day of Pentecost until April of 1979, nearly 2,000 years later, and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm sure you receive, you remember the day That you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It might have been a day far removed from the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. But the promise was still real to you. And the promise is still real tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. I was lost, but now I'm found. Just like the sheep, just like the corn, just like the prodigal son. All I know to do tonight is to challenge you with the Word of God hallelujah in closing tonight that challenge is going to go out in the form of a verse of scripture Hallelujah. I challenge anybody here tonight don't have the Holy Ghost, I challenge anybody here tonight, amen, that's lost and undone with, without God, I challenge anybody that's watching on, online tonight, amen, if you don't know Christ, if you don't have a relationship, amen, with Jesus Christ, I challenge you with Psalms 38 or 34 and verse 8 that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I challenge you to taste. And see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Is the the rest of that verse of Scripture. Hallelujah. But I challenge you tonight with the taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you tonight, they challenged me. Amen. To taste and see that the Lord is good. I took the challenge. Amen. And God has been getting better and better to me. Gooder and gooder to me. Over the last 41 plus years now. Hallelujah. God is good tonight. The old song says, Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine. All I can do tonight is to show you the table. There's a table spread before us tonight. And all I can do tonight, amen, is just say, Come and dine. The master calleth, come and dine. See, in times like this, it all boils down to your choice. Are you going to take the challenge and come and dine? Hallelujah. If you're watching online tonight, are you going to take the challenge and taste and see that the Lord is good? If you'll taste and see the Lord, uh, taste and see, I promise you the Lord will be good to you. Hallelujah. Come and dine. The master calleth come and dine. It's your choice. It's your call. The altar is open and the spirit and the bride both say come tonight. Hallelujah. See, I'm trying to light a candle. <laughs> Amen. And I'm trying to sweep the house of God with the word of God. Amen. Just in case there's somebody in the house that's lost. Amen. Just in case there's somebody lost in the house, we can find you. We can discover you. We can find you. Hallelujah. Amen. We can pray for you. We can pray with you tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, God. How foolish a preacher I must be. Hallelujah. To tell you all of my little secrets of problems that I've had. understanding things in the Word of God. But I tell you what, when you struggle with something so long and then bingo, God gives you the answer. And then you realize the answer was right there all the time. The answer was right there all the time. He wasn't speaking to us, telling us that Luke chapter 15 was a guideline to soul winning. But, amen, the message that he was trying to get across to the religious world is the same message that you and I Need to know and understand tonight. His purpose for coming. Was that thunder? Whoa! We might get some thunder and lightning here. I thought I heard a little thunder. Maybe that was an angel just flapping his wings up there or something. Hallelujah. Come on now. Let's stand tonight together. I'm going to let you... But when you struggle with something and the answer's right there and then you see the answer and you say, Oh God, thank you, I ain't got to go out and break nobody's leg and drag them to church. I wouldn't be be very successful anyway. Come on, we're not trying to break your leg tonight. We're trying to touch your heart. (laughs) We're not trying to break any legs tonight. We're trying to touch a heart. And I may be going through all of this just for somebody that's watching online, but I pray, hallelujah, if this is somebody for somebody that's watching online, I pray to God, hallelujah, that you will get on your knees somewhere and call on God. Hallelujah. You would fall down at your bedside or by your couch or, hallelujah, or somewhere, get in a prayer closet and call on God and taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Good. God, have mercy. His mercy is forever, the song just said. His kindness is forever. His goodness is forever. His mercy is forever. Oh, God, don't be lost in the house. Hallelujah. Don't walk away from the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh yes, stay in the house of God Stay with God Hallelujah, find your way to God When you find Him, stay with Him Hallelujah oh, be faithful, be dedicated, be consecrated Hallelujah Your mercy is forever Come on, let's be thankful for the mercies of God tonight Hallelujah. Let's be thankful for the truth that God, amen, has shown us here tonight. Hallelujah. Your mercy is
1: forever. Oh, yes,
2: Jesus. Come on, somebody, pray. Come on, somebody. Call on God tonight. You are good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. You are good. Yes, God is good tonight. Your mercy is forever. Oh, yes, Jesus. Your
0: for those forever. that are in the house, to
2: those that are watching online God. I pray for every soul. I pray for Your every heart tonight. Hallelujah, God, that forever. you would of the Holy Ghost tonight hallelujah feel like God's touching somebody tonight helping somebody tonight hallelujah come on listen I waited till the end of the sermon to put my title up there praise God hallelujah if you ever get stumped by the word of God just read it again that's why we challenge people to read, read the word of God every year you gotta keep reading it sometimes hallelujah you gotta read it the second time and the third time you gotta read it And keep on reading it, amen, until God opens your eyes to what's really been there all the time. But you didn't see it, and I didn't see it, we didn't understand it. But the one message that is loud and clear in the Word of God, hallelujah, is that Christ came to save sinners. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening so intently tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming.